Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. This is Sam Edwards, proud sponsor of Heritage Radio Network, SurreyFarms.com. Hey, I'm Grace Bonney, and you're listening to After the Jump on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. We are coming to you live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. We're here live every Monday at 12 p.m., and you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. My guest today is Jason Goodman, co-founder of Third Ward, an excellent multidisciplinary workspace and education center in Brooklyn, New York. And you guys just celebrated your sixth birthday, so happy birthday, Jason. Hey, thanks. Happy to be here. Thanks for (laughs) for being here. So we're awfully close to Third Ward right now. Yeah, we're a few blocks. A few blocks away, so thanks for making the long trek over. I'm always happy to be at Roberta's. (laughs) So I know you're you're sort of post-birthday mode, so you might be a little quiet and tired today, but I hope we can get you chatting. Yeah, I think the hangover is almost done. So it was a fun party. <laughs> so so I, I described you guys as a multidisciplinary uh, maker studio, but tell me a little bit about how you would describe Third Ward. Uh, we're a place to make things. So, um, you know, we have uh, hundreds of craftsmen, designers, uh, artists, architects, industrial designers who who worked every day to make um, the products that they sell and, and, and to sort of like run their careers. And then we also have a huge education program that's sort of layered on top of that, that's um, open to the entire public. We do about 115 classes a week in all things maker. So textiles, furniture, digital arts, um, even programming, yeah. It's an incredible resource. We were just talking before the break about about how there aren't a lot of places like this across the country and you guys do this so, so well. I wanna know how you got the idea for this. Well, I mean, I come out of maker culture. I went to art and design school, um, kind of went around the country uh, doing different things. Ended up in, ended up in New York, where um, me and my old, my partner Jeremy, who I founded Third Ward with, who now lives in China. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> but um, uh, he married a Chinese princess. So uh, so anyway, um, episode two. Yeah, episode <laughs> two. So uh, so Jeremy and I were doing um, design build work. We were doing uh, like commercial interiors. Um, we did some like hair salons. I built some tattoo shops. I also did a bunch of residential projects. And we were thinking, so we were involved in the building trades world. And we were also were kind of like art kids. And we were sort of like uh, looking for a, a place to make things custom for some of our clients and saying, you know, this is really hard. Like there's nowhere to like have on-demand resources and also to like bump into like-minded people who you could uh, talk design with, talk culture with and sort of like um, celebrate making things together. So we got the idea and we started kind of like started pitching it. And um, one of our uh, one of our clients actually who we did some residential stuff for, he said, you know, I don't really want to be your like your business partner, okay, for this like idea, but it sounds kind of cool. I think I kind of get it. And I just bought this building on Morgan Avenue. So if you will like be my uh, tenant, I'll be your landlord and I'll help you pay for the startup cost. So that's how we got started. We said, okay, well, it's kind of a weird neighborhood, but uh, <laughs> but um, it's a new it's a new idea, a new model. We didn't really have a lot to like a lot of comps to sort of like say, yeah, this is exactly what we want to do. See, they're doing it. So um, you know, he took a risk, and we took a risk in the neighborhood, and um, and the rest is kind of history, I guess. So, I mean, one of the things that that I love is the name Third Ward. I'm familiar with that because I'm familiar with Brooklyn history. But can you tell people listening where the name Third Ward comes from? Yeah, sure. 
So um, when we were building Third Ward, we were actually like pretty far along in the design and the build out, and we still hadn't had a name yet. It was like this thing, we, this decision that seemed so big, and we kept kind of pushing it off. And a friend of mine, uh, who's a graphic designer, who actually went to um, went to SCAD with, she was like, you know, I really want to help you with your your logo and stuff, but I can't obviously do it until you give me a name. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you jerk. So. She actually came up with this brainstorm of names, and it was like, you know, the tank was like, nah. And then it was like, third word. She's like, well, I Googled the address, and, you know, Williamsburg originally had three words. Um, like, north of Broadway was one, south of Broadway was the second one, east of Graham Avenue was the third ward, and uh, it was the industrial ward. And I started thinking about that, and I started falling in love with the idea of the fact that there's this big industrial pocket of, of uh, buildings where there used to be all factories. And those buildings had become vacant. But then all of a sudden, all these new generation of makers and designers have sort of like showed up and started having studio practices in these buildings and started all kinds of small entrepreneurial startups in these buildings. And I thought it was really meaningful that, you know, they had been repurposed in this way and that we were right in the middle of that. So it really started resonating with me and we just we just adopted the name. I think that's great. I'm, I have so many readers that are people who would like to learn sort of in a casual way, interesting skills. And so many of them are third ward members now. How many members does, or I guess you call them members? Do you have like a better term for that? Yeah, we, we have members. Creative? Yeah. <laughs> members, it's like, you know, I think we tried other stuff and people were like, I don't know what that is. We're like, okay, you're a member. They, I, I know what that is. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so how many how many members do you guys have now? Right now, I haven't checked this month, but probably like around 2,500 or so. That's incredible. Yeah, it's a lot. So the way it works with Third Ward, there's, um, you know, the classes and events and lectures are all open to the public. Uh, basic membership is about 100 bucks a year, and it gets you discounts on all of those things. It's kind of like a MOA membership, right? You get kind of special members-only events. Um, you get about usually about 20 25% off of any kind of classes you take, which is a, the biggest interest. And, um, and and on top of that, there's what we call the professional membership, which is really for a heavy user who's going to be there all the time, and they can use all the professional workspace. And that's the one that comes with a free bike, isn't it? It did. It used to. Yeah, <gasps> that was that was a really fun campaign. There are no more free bikes. There's no more free bikes. I see anymore. them around Brooklyn all the time. Yeah, it was cool. We put like a thousand bikes on the street, and you know, um, gave a lot of young makers uh, some, some Hot Wheels to roll around <laughs> on. But yeah, we don't we don't do it anymore. Um, you know, it's. As we're, as we're growing and scaling, we're opening one in Philadelphia. We're also doing another culinary-focused third word here in Brooklyn with the city. That's the, fantastic. The EDC is contributing about a third of the of the capital cost to build it. So that's gonna that's really exciting. So as we're looking at like building more and more third words, we said there's no way we're gonna be able to supply all these bikes. Just, the, <laughs> just like dealing with the supply chain was not doable. So we put that down. But um, it was fun. It was fun. You need to find a third word member who makes bikes. And yeah. give them studio space in exchange for making bikes for all the members. Yeah, and we do, we do some really cool bike education stuff. So if you want to learn how to re- repair your own bike or build your own bike frame, Third Ward's definitely the place. But you also are kind of legendary for having, I believe, a bike-operated drink mixer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. We have a we have a uh, uh, like a margarita machine powered by a bike. There's a group called a uh, Band of Bicycles that had a residency at Third Ward, and they have like. Um, this like bike powered like party machine where they roll up with like amplifiers on the bike. It's like a it's an instant party, and they have like mixing machines. It's really really cool, really fun. It's very Brooklyn. Very Brooklyn. <laughs> that was one of the things. I mean, we were talking about before we started the show. We were talking about Brooklyn and Portland and other cities that have large creative communities. What do you think it is about Brooklyn's creative community that's made Third Ward so successful? 
Well, I mean, the, uh, one thing is like the 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 density and like the willingness to explore um, all different kinds of, of medium, which is really interesting. Like, there, like Brooklyn is not really about like one thing, right? There's like fashion designers here, um, and the photographers who come with the fashion designers. There's tons of furniture makers. There's a huge hacking culture. We we do Arduino classes and then, like open source hardware, open source software, and I think that like um, sort of like big sort of like mixture of, of people who are all share a similar DIY ethos makes uh, third world really successful and makes Brooklyn really interesting. Why that happened? I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you done much traveling and sort of participated in the creative communities like in Austin or Chicago or the cities where they've got more alternative communities? Yeah, yeah, I have. I think one of the things is that, you know, kids in Brooklyn want to be successful, like, in a career path and financially. And that's a little bit different than a lot of sort of the art or maker culture in other cities, which is also beautiful. Um, it's not a contest thing, but one of the things I've noticed, and a lot of third world members are like, I want to be the best designer. I want to, like, really, like, launch my online and start a business. I want to, like, make money doing what I'm passionate about. And so third world has that, you know, has a center of gravity around success, and, and a lot of our members... They're not there to like mess around. They're not there to like do something cute. They're like really trying to launch something or they are launching something. And that's, I think, part of the, the Brooklyn spirit is that like we're going to try and like, you know, it's not just a pickle. It's not just a pickle brand. We're going to like go nationwide with this. And I think, you know, a lot of my members have that spirit of like, of, like being really success oriented. And that's kind of in the, I think, the greater sort of like New York City DNA. It's in our kind of our gene pool to really to be successful. So. Yeah, I was reading some earlier interviews with you guys and stories about Third Ward before we met, and I love that someone talked about how you guys were creating like the most diverse group of creatives, primarily because of all the different types of classes, and that you were seeing artists who actually took not just the skill set they were interested in, whether it was like woodworking or ceramics, but they were also taking like computer classes. And I don't see that in a lot of cities. I find artists tend to like get really into that one niche they're in and aren't willing to expand. And I think you're creating this class of creative people that are just far more sort of hardwired now to be successful in whatever they're choosing to do. Yeah. And and people take, you know, multiple career paths. They do lots of things. And a lot of the third ward uh, members, um, you know, they might be working on a website, but they take a a upholstery class just to get their creative juices flowing. And you never know what you're going to learn that's going to sort of like be able to cross pollinate your other work. And um, it's like a big part of what we do is uh, a lot of people try new things and you never know where that like light bulb's going to come on from. Yeah. I'm always really interested in seeing sort of the, the trend. I know trend is kind of a dirty word, but I, I really like seeing what's sort of popular and the now and then. And what's sort of the most popular stuff happening at Third Ward in terms of classes? Like, what's everybody signing up for right now? The most popular class, like, hands down, is woodworking. Really? It's, it's surprising. It surprised me, too. Um, but, uh, like, there's a, a, a huge demand for people who really want to get in there and just, like, uh, make something out of wood. It's... Uh, it's, I think, universal. It's easy to put your mind around. It's not intimidating. And you actually get to make something and go home with it. So, like, we can't produce enough classes. You know, they're just full all the time with woodworking. Metalworking is in really high demand. And then a lot of the digital media classes now, you know. And those tend to be a little bit more career-focused um, than, than just sort of, like, you know, personal personal growth-focused. Well, like, I think we're entering an age now where, like, a lot of programming is, is like, basic literacy. So... You know, uh, a lot of people who don't necessarily work in the digital field still feel they need to, to know HTML5 or they need to come in and learn Ruby on Rails and, and CSS as like just a basic building block to their skill set. 
Who's your average class taker? Is, are you seeing sort of a change in trend of people taking classes? Are they all sort of your young Brooklyn hipster types? Or are you getting a wider age range than that? It's a wider age range than that. I think has, you know, more people found out about Third War, found out all the things that you could do there. You know, we have people come from, who drive down from Connecticut, you know. Um, but typical, the typical user is still like late 20s, early 30s, really local, interested in like either doing something fun outside their day job where like they want to do something creative on the weekends or really thinking like maybe I will have a career in textiles. Maybe I will like quit my marketing job and, uh, and you know, start my line of X. And they're kind of coming there to test things out and say, is this for me? I can come to Third Ward. I can try it in a safe way. I can get instruction. It's really affordable. It's a cool community. And I can say, like, you know, I, I can take a test drive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, in terms of running things, how many people are working for Third Ward now? And how do you keep all this under control? Oh, man, we have a great team. So uh, let's see. I think this is a, a full-time staff is about 22, 23 people. Um, some of those, some of those people are involved in heavy planning. Like we're getting, we're doing Philadelphia. Yay! We're really excited about that. So, you know, planning our expansion, um, doing the day-to-day administration. A lot of our, a lot of our staff is there just to like help members and, and do sort of like basic customer service. And then, you know, our education, um, education team is a machine. It's a huge amount of work. You know, we do. We probably have two hundred different teachers. Uh, teaching. Are they all local teachers? Yeah, mostly local. I mean, yeah. I mean, they all live in you know Brooklyn or Manhattan. Typically, a lot of members teach, uh, but just you know scheduling them, training teachers. Like we have a certain uh, sort of ethos and a certain uh, teaching style that we like to to like kind of stick to. It's really project focused. And okay. We're really hands on. That's kind of like the, that's like the beating heart of of the third world education program is that everything is about really making something. So you're going to come in and you're going, whether it's digital or whether it's like in the wood shop or the metal shop, you're going to really make a project. So how long is a typical class? If you're making an actual project, are these several day classes or is this like a one long full day class? We do some uh, one day like long classes. We call those intensives. Those are like sort of like a real crash course. Uh, but the typical class is like three or four sessions. Um, you might start off like, learning some like basic theoretical stuff like this is how wood is cut and this is you know how it's cured and then you'll really go in and you'll just be like um you'll spend the next like several sessions making your project with supervision um and then maybe even have like a little show at the end or something yeah how's the like repeat rate for people coming in do you see people come back and they sort of get hooked on the wood class and keep coming back for more yeah yeah definitely we have a lot of repeat users we also have like a we have a pretty interesting way of thinking about um you know how to lead people into different kinds of classes. So, you might take the intro to woodworking class, um, and then you might from there go into like the furniture design class, or you may go into like the backyard chicken raising class, and you use your wood skill to build a chicken uh, like coop. It's full circle. It's full circle. So you know, like we sort of like look at it has like multiple paths. You know, cause you never really know where somebody wants to go with something, um, and we try to like, uh, yeah, have a lot of options and variety. And- I like it. All right. We're going to talk about your future path after the break, but we're going to take a a quick break.
The following program was sponsored by S. Wallace Edwards and Sons. Summertime is not the only time when barbecue is welcome. At S. Wallace Edwards and Sons, Sam Edwards has been working his magic on ribs, briskets, pit-cooked whole pork, and much, much more. Add a few of their sides and the party is complete. Entertaining has never been so easy. To order, go to virginiatraditions.com. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to After the Jump on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. I'm Grace Bonney, and we are reporting from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. You can listen live every Monday at 12 p.m. or download the podcast on iTunes. My guest today is Jason Goodman, co-founder of Third Ward here in Brooklyn, New York, a multidisciplinary maker center where you can learn, make, and do all sorts of exciting art projects. So we've been talking about sort of the beginning of Third Ward. I really want to talk about the future, but first I want to kind of cut back a little bit um, I was telling you prior to our recording about sort of an event I put together in Portland, and I was excited to find that Portland had a, a similar sort of maker's center, but I don't see a lot of them. And I think people have no idea how to get started building something like this. If you wanted to, obviously you can't, you can't possibly make a third ward in every single city. So with that theory in mind, <laughs> if you were going to tell people how to help set something up like that, what's the first step to get something started, even on a really small scale in a city? outside of new york yeah it, it's it's complicated because it's it's expensive i mean part of our our like job and our model our business model is to help uh, to for us to take over the expensive part which is getting all these machines getting the building um and then therefore be able to like lower the barrier of entry for all these designers to not have it to do that so i guess uh my advice would be find a really cool building that you can get um uh inexpensively and try to get financing for all your, your equipment. But um, it's really hard. And the, the other thing was a really big challenge and a really big surprise for us was um, the complication involved with administrating so many stakeholders. If you think about you know having 200 teachers, 20 employees, you know, 2,500 uh, members, uh, you know, thousands more uh, non-member users, and there's like space and time transactions, um, planning, there's financial transactions. There's like uh, all kinds of communications that had to be done. So really thinking through like how to administer, how to administrate all of that, is something that uh, should be done in advance. And we like we were like, there's got to be some kind of software. Like how <laughs> like what do schools use? Like what does like a gym use? Like no, we had we ended up uh, spending a lot of time and money making like a, a custom piece of software that could make this run efficiently and therefore pass on those savings to all our members. Which is our our goal is always to lower the barrier of entry, give designers cheap access to great space. So how supportive was the city in this? I was reading when I was reading interviews about Third Ward. I read that Marty Markowitz was a huge fan. He's the Brooklyn Borough president. I love Marty Markowitz. Yeah, he's so he's funny. A character. Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan of him, too. Um, you know, in the beginning, uh, we you know didn't really get a lot of support. We really just did it ourselves. And, um, and over time, I think the city has really kind of put their head around what we're doing, got excited about it. Um, and it has really been helpful, not only in terms of like helping us like find capital when we need to find capital to open a new space, but also just like opening up their network and their advisor list. And um, you know, there's a lot of people in the, in New York City that and the, in the government that really care about um, about making Brooklyn an amazing place. They really care about this huge design culture and design um, phenomenon that's happening here, and really want to be supportive in, in, in an honest way. And so, um, you know, we, the city is giving us um, a million and a half dollar grant 
to open up a, um, a culinary focused third ward in, um, in central Brooklyn. So uh, we're, uh, we're looking at a couple buildings right now. It's really exciting. Um, also, the New York City Investment Fund uh, has been a huge supporter of Third Ward and has been able to help us expand and, um, and you know, buy more equipment and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're really, uh, they got our back and it feels good. Marty's got your back. Marty's got my back, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really want to talk about the culinary thing. So that's exciting, especially for, I think, especially with things like the Brooklyn Flea and there are all these sort of small makers markets, but the city requires that you make food products like that in a commercial kitchen, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's really, really expensive to build one of these kitchens and, um, you know, they're heavily regulated and that kind of stuff. And for a small food producer who, um, is just getting started, it's, it's really, really difficult. And, but the city knows how important, um, your food culture is and the ecology of food culture. So they, they really, um, you know, put their money where their mouth is and they said, if you will build it, I'll pay for it. And so we said, okay. <laughs> That's great. So tell us what's going to happen there. I mean, are you, are you collaborating with local chefs or? Yeah, exactly. So there's going to be, um, it's going to follow Third Ward's general um, general model, which is that we, we have you know a few hundred um, full-time makers and they'll be able to share um, some like really high-end kitchens, some like large-scale kitchens. And then we'll have a, a, a big class program that's open to the, the general public doing classes for everything from like nutrition to canning to butchering to just like fun cooking classes to uh, urban ecology type stuff, which is a, a really important thing. We'll have a lecture space there. I got like a, you know, auditorium style lectures for like large, large, uh, large classes. I think um, probably like, you know, 10 to 15,000 square feet of just co-working. So like all these young chefs can have their uh, office upstairs. Uh, probably going to end up having a little wooden metal shop too. Because I think that, you know, that neighborhood, it's kind of hard. It's hard to get from like Bed-Stuy to Williamsburg in a weird way. Yeah. So we think just putting in like a regular third word thing would be a nice compliment. And then, um, you know, uh, part of our future is really helping our members sell their work and sell the things they make. So there'll be a retail space um, in that culinary place where you can come by and see all the great things that our members are making there and buy them directly from from our retail space. So. Are you thinking about actually have a, having a restaurant or any sort of cafe inside? Yeah, we, yeah. Have, we do. We have a cool idea about that. was a good that. smirky smile that that one got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we've, we've been playing with some ideas. Um, one idea that came up that we're really, really jazzed about right now is, is you know, right outside of the big kitchen, there would be uh, like a long bar that might have like 40 seats at it. And then uh, young chefs could book, you know, six seats or 12 seats and sell tickets and do like a private chefing event so we're kind of thinking of a, of a way to to have a restaurant where it was revolving um like uh, a guest chefs who could tap into their audience but use our production facilities That'd that's fantastic yeah. <clears throat> so let's talk about philadelphia you're heading down to philly now philly how, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how did you choose philly um a couple things you know i i'm I'm a big uh, lover of Philadelphia. It's a really interesting place. Wait, big, what, I want to know what inspired the love of Philadelphia. Philadelphia they have you terrible sports fans. A, yeah, they're a little <laughs> aggressive in terms of the sports stuff. I'm not a big sports guy, so I, I can kind of turn a blind eye to that, the whole sports culture. Um, but, uh, you know, Philadelphia has amazing bones. It's a beautiful sort of like pre-industrial um, city that has great architecture. It's an hour away, great trains, and a massive DIY culture. And, you know, my friends always say, like, what's up with Philadelphia? And I would say, you know, it's kind of like Brooklyn if there was no Manhattan. 
That's what that's what <laughs> Philadelphia is like. <laughs> that's an interesting. I've never heard it described that way, but it's pretty accurate. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's also this like latent like uh, maker thing that's almost in the gene pool there. Like, you know, they used to call it the workshop of the world. Um, and it's like all the kids there are like their grandparents were like machinists or uh, woodworkers. And it's sort of like, I really feel like it's just like in their DNA to like really want to make things. Uh, and we also got offered some really gorgeous buildings with a really cool development partner, um, which is David Belt from Macro C. They do really cool like adaptive reuse stuff. And he found these buildings and he said, this just needs to be third word. And he came over to, uh, to see us. And he had like already rendered it and had like drawing. He's like, this is what we wow. should do. And we were like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's done. Well, it's great. I think you're really going to be able to tap into, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but Urban Inc. is based there, which is the company that runs like Urban Outfitters and Anthropology and all yeah. those huge stops. And they employ hundreds of amazingly talented makers who I think are kind of just wasting away in a basement somewhere, drawing things for a website. And I would love to see that community be able to have an outlet to learn new things to enable them to open their own businesses. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the plan. They, they have a beautiful building in the Navy Yard down there, by the way. But um, yeah, it's uh, that's the exciting thing is that we're gonna be able to offer Philadelphia, you know, a place to start your own business and to make things when there when there is not quite as much opportunity there as there is in New York to just like sort of like get a job. So it's almost in a way in Philadelphia, it's like you kind of have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So um, we want to we want to be the center of that for for Philly, and we also want to sort of like help foster like a, a Philly Brooklyn relationship if we can. Do you have any other cities on the horizon? Uh, we're really focused. Please say DC. <laughs> Someone needs to help DC. Uh, no, that's Eighth uh, Street in DC is really cool. We actually were talking about that in the office, like getting around there. Day we we're like, you know, maybe we should just do anything along the Excel train. <laughs> right? That would be great. It's like DC, Boston, Providence. Yeah, yeah, all those great old cities that used to have these factories. They still have the buildings there. They still have like that that DNA, and um, we can like get on a train from Penn Station. So. That yeah. would be nice. You should have a whole tour. You yeah, could start right? it. Yeah, you could go all the way down. That would be great. No, I think. I mean, I think especially in cities like Providence, where you've got sort of art schools happening, that would be a great place to give the kids a place to have like a second step after school. Yeah, and that's also the thing is like we were thinking about like what would the future look like if there was a third ward or several third wards in every city, and you would there were, like this creative class could sort of like really go mobile and know that if whatever city they are working, they could pop into a third ward, and if they remember, they could use it and make stuff, and they would hop on the train and go to the next city and, and do jobs there. It's sort of like this uh, beautiful fantasy of this mobile freelancer you know, workforce that could always rely on third where to be there for them. So is that something you're thinking of then? Sort of like one membership that applies to all the different cities? Yeah, that's what that's that's our plan. So we'll, we'll see how it works. It's going to be you know um, a new way of thinking for us. We've only mm-hmm. had one space before. But we, the way we're we're planning now is that if you're in Philadelphia and you're a member and you need to come to New York to do something, or maybe it's a class we offer in New York that we don't offer in Philadelphia, um, you can just roll right up, show your membership card, and you know you're in. I think you should just do a residency program and then go international. I think that would be great. That would be cool. <laughs> we uh, we we are doing a pilot residency program. We're also always looking for teachers. So if you have a great uh, skill or a craft or a trade that you would like to teach, please uh, you know, email me, jason at thirdward.com, <laughs> and we'll get you started. What are some areas you're looking to expand into? I got an email from you guys about looking for a sewing instructor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, have, we need sewing instructors. Um, we need some more uh, programming uh, teachers. And um, yeah, I mean, craft. 
craft. I mean, what do you feel like the community is really demanding? Do you feel like Brooklyn is asking for more craft? I feel like the community is actually kind of embracing the old. So I was really happy to hear that like woodworking was popular. I feel like people are kind of moving away from the digital stuff a little bit. Yeah, well, I don't know if they're moving away from digital, but they're definitely focusing on on uh, craft in a real in a real way, both in a personal way, like wanting to learn how things are really made, but also um, really wanting to learn like the ecology and the life cycle of all the products that fill our lives. So much of of what people want to learn to come through is not just how to make something out of like you know wood products, but also like where does it really come from? What really goes into like uh, making something like this? What's the whole sort of like you know, uh, cradle to grave sort of like uh, lifespan uh, of the ecology in the ecology of, of production. So it's been really interesting. There's, there's a huge sort of like um, desire to return to quality, to return to craft, to return to buying things from local artisans. And it kind of came from the food world, but it's definitely moved into the clothing and the furniture and all the products that fill our lives as well. All right, before we go, I want to talk about some pie-in-the-sky projects with you. I know we've talked about expanding to different cities, but ultimately, what's sort of your biggest dream goal with Third Ward? Biggest dream goal with Third Ward? I mean, a Third Ward in every neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, like, we, we kid, but we also look at it and we say, like, you know, shouldn't every neighborhood have a place to make things? You know, so uh, if we're successful in 20 years, what it looks like is that you'll be thinking of a third ward in your neighborhood the way you think of like a grocery store or a bus stop or a library. It's like, of course we have a place to like make stuff and have fun and celebrate um, and celebrate um, the making of things. I think that's excellent. I'm really looking forward to the next generation of third ward educated young designers. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being with us. This is Jason Goodman, co-founder of Third Ward. You can visit Third Ward at thirdward.com. You can also visit them in Bushwick, Brooklyn. So thanks for talking with us. Cool, glad, glad to be here. Awesome. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.